Good morning. It's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. I'm so excited. We have a fabulous guest today. And even better, I can pronounce her name correctly. And those of you that listen all the time know that gives me such a sense of accomplishment. And our guest today is Vicki Benison from Pasta Granny's. Grannies, I don't know what. Now, see, look, I have to make a mistake on the name of the book. Stop it. I haven't been drinking, Vicky. I'm always like this. Pasta granny, grannies. I don't know what's going on. Do I say it? (laughs) Anyway, if you don't know about pasta grannies, I don't know why, because it's you're a phenomenon Mm. with this. It's phenomenal, and we have a. Vicky, where I read yesterday, Vicky's second cookbook from the series. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know about it, Vicky, people need to know they can go to YouTube and watch. <clears throat> but so, go tell us how, how, how did you get there? How did you get there <laughs> with two million people? <laughs> well, through perseverance. I'm uh, Pastor Granny's is first of all a YouTube channel. Yes. Um, that I started sort of accidentally and casually about nine years ago. Yeah. Um, I, so I'd, I'd um, bought a house in um, Marquet with my husband um, back in 2005. And over the course of a few years, um, sort of got noticed that it was only older women who were making pasta by hand on a daily basis. And I thought, oh, you know, this is, I mean, obviously younger women are having to go out to work. Um, and yes. don't want to. they can't leave you know that lifestyle behind quick enough um they can buy their pasta from the corner pasta feature um but I certainly thought that you know this is the last of a generation of women who uh, that pasta making was a life skill and therefore uh and someone should make a record of it and um the first pasta granny was the grandmother of my supermarket manager <laughs> um, Love it. And she she came over and showed uh, how to make ravioli. And uh, I had a photographer friend um, in that session, and it was clear that we needed more than photography. I mean, you know, photographs can be stylish and evocative, but they don't actually show the rhythm and uh, the sort of almost the cadence. It's a kind of language. When you're making pasta, it just needs a video. Um, it needs to be filmed rather than photographed or even written about. Um, so I picked up a video camera um, and without ever having done that before, I'm, I, you know, I'm not a filmmaker. Well, I am now, but I wasn't yes. then. <laughs> you had to learn on the job. Um, and uh, so that's how it was born, you know, having a film Maria or photograph Maria, uh, the photographer said, oh, film my granny. And so we did that. Um, and then there was a, a neighbor that we did. So sort of gradually... Uh, I found people through word of mouth um, and that's how and YouTube was a fairly new thing and it was an obvious place to park um, videos um, and and then you kind of realize dimly that actually you need to start I needed to start taking it seriously because um, if I wanted more than three subscribers you know, I would have to I would have to um, uh, post more regularly and think about your content. Exactly, exactly. So I had to sort of, you know, start researching more seriously. And that's how Pasta Grannies was born. Okay. Now, 
So you saw the need because you were living in a town in Italy that you yes. saw it disappearing. You saw, yes. this. okay. Mm -hmm. The book is fabulous. And if people, I'll tell you why I liked it the most. I mean, for everything, Vicki, and mm -hmm. really, I've watched the show many times. I haven't watched any of the new season. I think I'm pretty sure I watched the entire first season because I found it going to YouTube, mm -hmm. Found it kind of by accident. Oh, I thought, oh, I've heard of this. And then I binged it. I just kept watching it. And it made me feel ex your comments about this disappearing and a lifestyle. My grandmother came from Monforte in Northern Italy in the Piedmont region. And um, they moved to San Francisco. My grandfather was also from there and then he'd go, come first. So as a child in the early fifties, I can remember her fresh pasta at every holiday, if not every day. Do you know what I mean? It was just, and you have several pictures in your book. And one of them, one of the grannies is standing next to a bed with a whole bunch of bags of it looks like semolina or the flowers. My grandparents lived in a lovely apartment. It was small. And she would always lay the pasta out on a sheet to dry on her bed. So I hadn't seen that. And when I saw that picture, it made me cry because it, it you know, it that's how we knew we were going to have pasta because it was drying on her double bed. And anyway, the pictures are beautiful. But I need to say this. And you're going to give us some tips, I know. The very first pages of your book, and because my grandmother made pasta and because I'm Italian, I probably have every Italian cookbook ever, okay? I mean, I have a lot of Italian cookbooks. And I've been to Italy where I went to private homes and I've taken classes and I've worked on TV shows with chefs that had, you know, castles or, you know, different things in olive oil farms in Italy. But your first couple of pages of just how to measure the flour and why the flowers are different from America to Italians is the most comprehensive I've ever seen. Yes. It's fantastic. <laughs> Bless you. And of course your sense of humor comes through because every once in a while you just say to people, no, you can't do that. Or yes, you can do that. But it's so comprehensive. I would think that people that are afraid to try to make pasta will be inspired by your writing. I hope so. Um, I think um, I did a bit of the science of the different flowers and, and what goes into it. So people understand why there are differences and why they shouldn't be worried about it. So you can make pasta with any flour you like, but it will be slightly different, but that's okay. Um, so if you can't find zero, zero flour, I've explained what zero, zero is. It's not actually, you know, it's about ash content. It gets a bit complicated, but having discovered that you can then go, okay, well, I, I can't get hold of it, but I recognize that in using a different flour, I might have to add a little bit more liquid, you know, it won't behave in quite the same way. It's a matter of nuance. So the thing isn't going to blow up in your, in your mixing bowl. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not like pastry. It, there is not much in the way of chemistry happening. Um, and uh, actually the, the easiest thing um, to start with is uh, Semola rimacinata, yes. um, which is a durum wheat flour. And I think you can buy it in some 
um, delicatessens these days. And but I, you know, the the thing people like Hayden Flour Mills who who also produce it. Um, that they, I think they're down in Arizona. Um, and there'll be other, you know, um, flour mills closer to where you live um, that will probably do the, a similar thing. Because after all, a lot of the wheat is grown in America. I and Canada. Yes, I knew about zero zero flour because yeah. I've taken pasta classes in Italy. Mm-hmm. I brought a small bag home, and then I went online, and it's right there on Amazon. Vicky, yes. I could buy it. Uh, the Italian brand, I could buy it on Amazon. And I thought, okay, well, won't worry about that in my suitcase any longer. So if people really, I agree with you in when I, where I'm in LA, there are still Italian delis and markets that you can find just about anything you want mm-hmm. or which is lovely. But if you really don't know about it, if you go to Amazon, they have several brands. I also buy off Amazon. If I'm going to make tiramisu, I buy the real, the Italian lady fingers. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. they're so entirely different than what you find here. Yes. So people don't have to be afraid. But if you just want to use your plain old flour, Vicky tells us how to mm-hmm. in in the book. Now, tools. We need to talk about tools and making pasta by hand. So, I mean, all you really need are a pair of hands Um, because quite a few um, pastas like cavatelli, uh, you don't need anything at all. I mean, you can use, you can use, um, I mean, you can graduate up to, um, you know, mattarello is a long rolling pin. Well, it's a rolling pin, but I mean, if you're going to make egg pasta, you of any size you'll need a longer rolling pin you're limited by the uh, by your the pin but you can use a broom rod or a, a dowling if if you haven't got one if you're not sure you're going to sort of make it regularly there is no need to spend a lot of money on getting the right kit i mean it's because pasta was one of those things that everybody did and and you know tools were not a kind of barrier to entry if you like Yes. It, you you had what you you use what you had um so a small pasta board so in southern italy when you're using um durum wheat flour um <clears throat> you know you don't make huge pasta sheets with it it's it behave the flour behaves in a slightly different way and you can you do make sfoglia but you actually you can also do more of fun things like cavatelli or ricchiette um these things um, hold their shape when they're cooked because of the flour that you're using. Um, and also it means you have a smaller board because you don't want them roll it, rolling off. It has a little rim around it. <laughs> now, so, you know, the, 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 the kit changes as you move around Italy. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, you, you can, so if you want to make a macaroni, um, you can use a skewer for example, um, you can use a knitting needle. You can, there's all sorts of things you can approximate with a tool uh, that doesn't require you to go and buy it from a specialist. Yes. If you like. After I read that and after, see, here's the other thing. I can remember my grandmother's pasta board because she'd pull it out from the side and put it on her, you know, but I never saw her use a special rolling pin. So I don't know if she used her broom handle. Now, of course, 
She's been long gone. My aunt totally rented that apartment. So I have no idea if her rolling pin ever disappeared. But I loved your example of just getting a dowel, kind of the size that you think is appropriate, an inexpensive dowel at a hardware store and using that. Mm. Yes, yes. Um, ideally, you don't, I mean, it'll, it'll warp eventually. Um, and that won't be great because you want it uh, you want it straight to have a, an even thickness to your your pasta sheet. Yes. But then you can use it for drying your tagliatelle on. So um. <laughs> when, how many places, how many I know you're in your second season now. How many have you recorded? How many episodes have you recorded, Vicky? Uh, nearly 400. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, so we've. We've been all over Italy, um, and there are only two regions that we haven't been to, Molise and Aosta. Okay. Um, um, and, you know, we when we say we've been to Tuscany, it's only sort of small areas of Tuscany. So, of course, we're going to go back to Tuscany, um, um, you know, because there's so much variety and, and that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, we're, we are constantly going around Italy. <laughs> and when you go to different towns, Mm. Have you, uh, do you, do you find someone else? I mean, if you've gone to somewhere because you heard about it or a friend referred you or uh, a granny contacted you or granny's grandson contacted you, yeah. then when you get there, do you meet, meet other people that you think, oh, we need to film them? No, we plan it in advance. Okay. Um, so, you know, we have a schedule uh, okay. that's developed. And these days I have a granny finder and <gasps> Her name is Livia De Giovanni, um, and she lives in Faenza. And uh, as we speak, she is plotting what we should be filming in Piemonte. Uh, perfect. At the <laughs> perfect. Okay, so you have a granny finder. That makes perfect sense. She's yeah. your location manager is what you're doing. Yes, I prefer granny finder. because I do too. <laughs> answer me this. Why are there so many different shapes of pasta? And I don't mean you have to tell me 400 or 500 or 4,000 years of history. But when you go to different regions of Italy, do you have just a theory on why you think there's so many shapes of pasta? Uh, yes, I do. Um, so number one is uh, geography. Um, so Italy is very mountainous. And, and that also the climate about what will grow where. So, you know, durum wheat is only grown in the south of Italy and soft wheat flour, uh, soft wheat is grown in the north. So that instantly creates changes and yes. uh, diversity. Um, and then I think the other one is, is that Italy is a fairly new country. And before that, um, there's lots of different regions. And within that, there are lots of different dialects. And pasta is actually a group activity for quite a lot of occasions. You know, the, the, a lot of these pastas are celebratory ones. They are for Christmas. So yeah. it's when the women of the family get together or the women of the village get together. And, and for that, you need consensus. So <laughs> for every village, you have a different set of people reaching a consensus, and that might be different. And I think that's how um, names are different because the dialects are different. And uh, so... I think that's one of the reasons why there is so much diversity in shape and naming and, and a kind of randomness about it as well. There's no kind of um, overarching um, sort of architecture about why names are the way they are or shapes are the way they are. I think it's around um, just community differences. 
I have been at a table with Italians where there has been a huge fight when two different people, of course, one isn't there. I grew up in this, Vicki. I mean, my family could fight about a parking space, okay? I mean, it's the holidays. My grandfather had made sure that he had a parking space in front of the building. If one of the relatives came and didn't take that parking space, I'm telling you, it was a brawl. So I have been in a friends or people that live in Italy, their home, when someone has brought a pasta or made a pasta and called it one thing and the person sitting there said, no, that's not what it is. Mm. And I, I always say to people that I'm with that aren't Italian, I go, okay, pour another glass of wine and sit back and enjoy it because this is going to take a while for them to decide what the name of this pasta really is. And they'll both be right. Yes. Okay. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I was waiting for you to say. I totally yeah. understand that. Now, when we just talked about a pasta board, and you have some great tips in your book, mm-hmm. um, when you are with when you're with your grannies, do most of them have a pasta board that's fifty years old? Was it their mother's? Are they going to give it to their daughters or? Do you, is there any attachment to their equipment? The little Because I would have loved to have known how my grandmother, what roller she used. And it never dawned on me now, never until now. Yeah, so they um, they are handed down, I think, yes. you know, particularly the boards. I mean, there are a variety of boards and they're made with a variety of woods. And quite often um, a table will be devoted like your grandmother's, where the, the board is kept underneath the kitchen table and then brought out on top. Yes. When they want to do it. And and so wooden boards, they use only for pasta. They're not used for chopping things on. They're not no. used for the vegetables or anything like that. They don't want any of the other flavors on them. So, you know, quite a lot of our ladies actually keep them in, you know, uh, material bags. They sort of kind of keep put them away. And and and, the, and and if occasionally we'll we'll have a group of women and they've traveled you know to the village hall or something and they will bring their own boards with them because they don't trust anybody else's of course they do (laughs) um and the main thing is to avoid plastic plastic is a terrible thing to do to pasta yes um when i was in school when i was in culinary school uh the chefs the French chefs would have us just make it on a stainless steel table. Mm. I know. And I'd say to them, we need a wooden board. And they'd say, you can make it on this, but it, it never, I'm, it didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't turn mm. out as well. That's all I now there's several things people should know. You discuss equipment, you discuss flour, you discuss formulas, how to adjust the flour and the difference between semolina and, you know, double O, double zero pasta. When I got to your page on cooking pasta, this was the part that I absolutely loved. Of course, again, when I was in school or the chefs would tell us to, you know, it was the biggest stock pot in the kitchen to fill it with water, to the pasta had to have all this, you know, room to move and all the rolling, rolling, rolling. And I would go to my grandmother's apartment and she was cooking pasta or she would come to my house and there were going to be 10 or 14 of us. She brought a small, normal, a normal size pan. Do you know what I mean? And would salt. She did salt the water. She always salted the water right as we started. Um, 
and brought it to a rolling boil, but that was a small pan and the pasta cooked great. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so the, your granny um, and all other um, Signora Anciani um, object to spending large sums of money and heating a large pot up. <laughs> so it's much more economic to, to use a, a, you know, a just enough, a just good enough, just large enough um, pasta, um, sorry, pan. Um, yeah. So uh, that's what you, I mean, if you don't want it to stick, you stir it. You don't need yeah. to, you don't need to add oil either. That's an expensive waste of oil. Um, so yeah, use an ordinary pan. See, when you brought this up, when these are in your book, Vicki, and, and this is so for you, we have a wonderful audience of younger women. Mm. People don't realize, sometimes they just haven't thought about it. It's not, and if their grandparents didn't live this way. See, I was always very, because I'm 71, I'm, you know, I was a cocktail waitress at uh, the Last Supper. So I've been here for a long time. And what I can remember because World War II was not, had only been over four or five years when I was born. Do you know what I mean? If even then. So things like not wasting electricity, not using oil, um, even water. Do you know what I mean? It was all very commonplace for me growing up that people didn't, you didn't waste anything because right. they had been rations during the war. Um, it's a fascinating thing, but I love that you wrote that about, uh, the size of the pan because I do it now when I cook pasta and it's usually store-bought pasta I I don't have a gigantic pan because it comes out just fine I know it's going to come out just fine it is it will you know uh, so I mean I, I, I even have um film women who will keep the pasta they won't pour the pasta water down the, the sink yes or use it to wash dishes <laughs> rinse them anyway yeah um, and that thing about adding pasta water back into the, the sauce. Yes. It's a matter of judgment. It's not something that you have to do. Okay. Um, and I think it applies more to um, using dried pasta um, because you're cooking fresh pasta for a much um, shorter length of time. So you're not getting the same level of starch coming into the water. Um, so there's lots of things that I think have grown up around restaurant cooking that have Become, become sort of laws around pasta, which I, aren't actually the case. Well, I feel validated by you. And I'll tell you what else. See, I never, people, every chef would say to me, keep a cup of that pasta sauce for the, keep a cup of the water for yourself. I don't want to add that water to my sauce. I didn't need it in my sauce. My sauce was fine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I never understood that. And just recently, in one of the Facebook groups, there was a, you. I hadn't read your book yet, so I didn't say anything because every they said how do you boil your pasta and all these terribly sophisticated people in the group tons of water to have to put oil biggest pot you've got and they went on and on and on and and I didn't say anything because I thought that's totally not how I was taught to cook pasta but I didn't feel like fighting that day and, <laughs> and now I'm going back to that group and I'm gonna say you know I just read a fabulous book and it was talking about how the grannies cook pasta in Italy. So I'm going to, I'm going to stir it up today after I've, after I've talked to you, Vicky. 
Well, I, I think some if people want to use large pots. Of course, they can. Um, uh, it's, but I, it's just you know, I think give yourself a break. You don't have. Also, they're very heavy. I mean, you know, if you boil a large pan of pasta, you need to be strong to heave it over oh. into the sink. I mean, so or you scoop it out. But I mean, even so, you're you're dealing with large amounts of boiling water. It's it's not. And big. it takes too long to get the water boiling. See, yeah. That's what I don't like. Now, I need to tell you, in your uh, press pack that came with mm. your book, mm. there's so many fabulous tips. It also talks about how the book is laid out, which I absolutely love. But I have to tell you, one of the things, and uh, Stanley Tucci, if people watch uh, Stanley's show on CNN, calls the book heartwarming and deliciously comforting. I think yeah. that's a lovely, it's a true, it's a lovely cook. Now I have to tell you one thing. There's some pictures of the grannies in the book, The one and I love them all, and one or two gentlemen, but I have to tell you, there's a woman in a red polka dot dress. Oh, Benny. What's her name? Benny. Okay. She has on her, she has on a necklace and her earrings, and then she's poised at one point next to a picture. And I thought, and unlike some, because when I've watched the first, I mean, I've watched a lot of your shows. I don't know if it was the first season or more, but some of those women didn't even brush their hair before you came into the kitchen. Do you know what I mean? They didn't care or they weren't worried about it. And, and which I thought was charming. That was half the charm. But the one that was dressed up a little bit and looking at the camera, I thought, okay, she's a star. <laughs> she is a star. She's, um, I can't remember, she's now 96, I think. Oh, my God. And so she's well in, and um, and we've seen been to see her several times. Uh, she lives in Procida, which is an island off Naples. Oh, and um, she, she, she has always loved fashion. And so it's that that love has never left her. So she, you know, she's got a carer these days, but she get with the carer's help, she um, gets her nails done, she gets oh, yeah. her hair done, she puts on all her jewelry, and then she rocks this fantastic dress with a pair of trainers. <laughs> uh, so, um, I, well, I could pick her out of a crowd because I loved her style. Yes, she's got great vitality. Yeah, yeah. ninety six now. Now I can imagine with your granny finder that if they say it, people know about the show. How did you get the first people to cooperate, Vicky? I mean, before it was had two million people viewing it on YouTube and being subscribers, how did you explain to some of these women? Because I know I watched a lot of them didn't speak English. Well, none of them do. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's about sort of um, showing them the previous video saying we're saving pasta shapes. We you're an expert. Please help us. <laughs> I love it. And they say fine. Yeah. Mm. I've loved uh, several of them that I watch, but I love the ones then that set out the table because you were expected to eat. They had <laughs> you were if you had said, oh, we don't have time. They would have said you're eating. And I also loved one or two of them that whether it was you the cameraman whoever kind of suggested something they kind of went no like I <laughs> we did it you got it we're done I it yeah. cracked me up they were wonderful yeah. so affected what do you think has been if you were gonna ask and I know the sales of the book has been great and this new book is just beautiful and I love the photography and I love the women's hands and I love the 
landscapes and that so people can really understand what um, if you've never been to Italy, to me, I mean, Italy was the first place I went when I could travel. Do you know what I mean? As I got old enough, I had gone as a child, Vicky, but I didn't, I was so young, it didn't matter. And then it was, I became a young adult. It was one of the first places I wanted to go because I went and I could see why my grandfather liked flowers and the herbs he grew and the garden that he had. It taught, you know, I under, cause we lived in San Francisco. So here in this apartment building behind, he owned it, but so behind the building in the sandy soil of San Francisco, we had every kind of vegetable and lettuce. Do you know what I mean? And he grew them. And I didn't even know that lettuce came from the grocery store for the first eight or nine years of my life. Do you know what I mean? I thought, and we had a rabbit that we, of course, at the time, it was our pet. And then every Easter, the rabbit would run away as he said, oh, that rabbit, he run away. And of course, we didn't know we were eating the rabbit, but it didn't matter. And my mother, of course, later on in the car would say, "That, what did you think of that chicken, girls? And we'd say, mommy, it was delicious. Luckily, she didn't tell us, none of us. So many of the pictures, I'm looking at your silk handkerchiefs with basil and mm. pesto. God, that looks beautiful. It is wonderful. That's Nadia's recipe. Yes. Um, so, yeah, well, I mean, you just have to make it very fine. It's a, You make a roll out of uh, pasta dough uh, very finely, as finely as you possibly can. Yeah. So that might mean using a pasta machine if you're not I, expert. Um, and um, and then uh, you, you dress it with pesto and it's absolutely wonderful. Mm. You give there's several recipes for pesto in here. There's yeah. a way to handle your herbs in here. I mm. love the fact that you don't uh, that you tell people that of course they can use a pasta machine. Yeah, um, and yeah I mean, so the, the difference between a, a you know wood and wood, or using a yes. wooden pin and a board, and then using um, uh, metal rollers is that you'll get a much more smooth. Um, uh, pasta sheet at the end and it's so it's sort of more slippery if you like so uh, when when you make it with wood on wood um you'll get more of a, what I call a cat's tongue texture to, to the thing but it's a matter of nuance you know yeah. you're, you're, you're not going to spit it out and say oh this doesn't taste like pasta oh. I mean of course it tastes like pasta and it'll be lovely but wood on wood and um, allows it to um the sauce to cling to the pasta a little bit more I love it. I get it. I, I've i made lots of gnocchi in my life because my grandmother made, taught me that and I learned it. And if people don't know, there's great recipes in Vicky's book for gnocchi and you don't need special equipment. You can yeah. just use a fork. Yeah. I, last time I was in Italy, I bought one of the little fun boards yeah. and um, brought it home. And then I went to make it and I just used my fork again because I'd forgotten that I bought the fancy little paddle board. Uh, that's the problem. That's the problem is you get, a, I love the pictures of, did you take a lot of these pictures, Vicky, or have um, you? So Lizzie Mason is the photographer. There are um, about three photographs that are mine in Got the book. It. Um, well, it's yeah. beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. I love it. And it's organized so well and so easy. I'm looking at this portrait just so nobody else can see it because we don't. I'm looking at this portrait, though, of this woman. Oh, Pina. Yes. Ah, it's amazing. Isn't it? It's amazing. Yes. 
That's why I must have marked that one because my grandmother's name was Josephina and everybody called her Pina. So that's why I'm probably attracted to it. Yes. Have I asked you everything I should? Is there anything else you wanted to tell us? Are you amazed after nine years by the popularity of this now, or are you just thrilled? Or both? I'm amazed and thrilled. Um, you know, it never, yeah. it never ceases to amaze me that it, it continues and then, you know, it becomes more and more popular. Um, so that's, uh, uh, it's just fantastic. I'm, you know, I have the best job in the world. I get to meet these women and I get to write books and I get to meet lovely fans. Um, so yes. I'm sort of on to second week of the book tour here in America and, and having great fun. Um, and uh, I suppose with the second book, what I'm, I'm pleased about is the fact that it's got QR codes at, at the bottom of every recipe. So you can actually link back while you read it. You can link so back to the, to the video. Oh, yes, I see them now. I didn't um, even so you notice scan, them. You scan your QR code and voila, your, your Pina will show you how to make those gnocchi. <laughs> I just noticed it. You're so smart. I hadn't even looked at that. I think... Well, Vicki, I think, and this is something that always runs through with most of the people that we have on, guests, females or male, perseverance as you, um, in anything in life, I mean, real true perseverance, like you said, you started nine years ago. That's a lot. And you know what I mean? I mean, I think young people, and I'm not, but young people after a year or two, I've had so many, we've had a lot of students that will email us and say, um, oh, I've tried, I took your class and we've done this or I've done this, but I haven't, or wanted a book deal and they found a new agent or they had that and it's just not happening. And I feel like saying, honey, you've only been at this for a year or two. I mean, I don't know anyone that didn't, I don't know anybody anymore that didn't spend 20 or 30 years in food. Do you know what I mean? And yeah but it is perseverance is everything it is and got to enjoy it yeah. um you, you um have to enjoy it without any idea of reward in terms of recognition and stuff like that that you know you are satisfied with what you're doing and then and i think particularly with social media people will find you um you know if you have a passion and a knowledge and you're communicating that well about that particular subject whether it's pasta making or crochet um you know it, it, people will find you i think that's a great great point all right now where else are, so you're on tour so you're in the united states right now and you're on tour yes yes i am really enjoying it um i mean you know after the pandemic to actually be allowed to travel again is, is, oh, I know. It's is a great thrill um it's been a time, um, <laughs> it's uh, been time. Mm. well all i know is people should look they go to YouTube and what do they put in? Pasta grannies? Pasta grannies. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, we put all the information about Vicky that she allows us to up on our, um, when we broadcast it. And we have a woman beyond a certain age, mm -hmm. Facebook page and a website, uh, woman beyond a certain age.com. If you want to reach out to Cindy and I, it's woman beyond at iCloud.com. And uh, is your book everywhere now, Vicki? I mean, can I, I, yes, it's pretty much everywhere, isn't it? In bookstores and uh, at Amazon or yes. places you can go to. Excellent. Thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure. <laughs> I, I feel like if anybody needs tips to making pasta, I got to tell you something. Buy this book.
Within the first four or five pages, you all the fears you have about pasta will go out the window. It, it, I've made pasta, so I'm not afraid of it, but it inspired me to make it again. Do you know what I mean? I just don't make it often enough. And it's because I'm lazy, Vicki, I'll be perfectly honest with you. And because I can get pretty good um, store-bought pastas and then I concentrate on the sauce. Do you know what I mean? I mean, and that's inevitable. I think what happens these days is we have a choice. Yes. Um, and that's great. Yeah, so, you know, concentrate on those sources. <laughs> that's right, that's what I do. Thank you so much. Thank you for your precious time. I'm so glad we could connect today. And Miss Cindy, thank you for always keeping the uh, train on the track, and she really does. And this is Denise, and I want to thank you all. And I want you to go out and look for Pasta Granny's Comfort Cooking in your local bookstore, but also go to YouTube. And if you haven't seen any of it, any of the episodes, I'm going to tell you, and it'll make you want to call your grandmother that's what it'll do. It'll make you want to call your grandmother. And it sent me off on a journey to find out now where, where my grandmother's pasta roller is. <laughs> Thank you Thank so much. You. Thank you very much indeed. Welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.